Today on Locked On Mariners, after listening back to yesterday's program, the host asks himself why he doesn't take notes during games anymore. Welcome to Locked On Mariners, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Here's your host, D.C. Lundberg. I remember things that happened in the Anaheim series. I remember Ace Fraley's Grand Slam. I remember Sunshine Superman's home run. I remember the great play at the plate by Will Vest. I could not tell you which specific games those events occurred. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. I am D.C. Lundberg, your memory-challenged host, here with this Tuesday edition of Locked On Mariners, part of the... Locked On Podcast Network, or T-L-O-P-N, or Tloppin, if you will. Please remember to download, rate, and follow this program on whichever podcasting app that you personally care to use. Ask your smart device to play Locked On Mariners Podcast or any program here on Tloppin. Before we get into the show today, ladies and gentlemen, I want to wish a very happy birthday to one of my best friends and my first baseball protege, Calvin. Calvin, happy birthday. I hope you're having a good one today. With uh, uh, no game to recap, so we've got uh, Locked On Mariners contributor John Miller back with us to talk a little umpiring. John, how are you doing today? I'm doing very well. Thank you so much for having me. Always a pleasure having you on the show. I love talking about umpiring. You're the perfect guest to have on. Uh, in that case, I personally find it fascinating. I hope our listeners do as well. But before we get to any of that, John, there were some very important roster moves that occurred yesterday. Jared Kelnick has been optioned back to A. Really, maybe, honestly, a week or so after it should have happened, he had really been struggling at the plate. His strikeout rate had gone up. It, it was time to send him back, and that's... Not he'll be back, ladies and gentlemen. There's no reason to worry about Mr. Kelnick. The major leagues is so different from Triple A, John, that I don't want to use the word overwhelmed, but there are players who wind up having historic careers who really struggle at the outset. Mike Trout is a good example of that, and Mr. Kelnick was no different. Do you have any thoughts on that, or should we move on to the other roster moves? We can go ahead and move on to the other roster moves. All right, you got it. Also yesterday, the Mariners activated from the 60-day disabled list, Shed Long Jr. He's back in the show, ladies and gentlemen, after a brief rehab stint with the Tacoma Rainiers, in which he hit pretty well. He will most likely be manning second base in Dylan Moore's stead, while Mr. Moore is still on the disabled list. As a matter of fact, uh, Mr. Long is in the starting lineup tonight, playing second base and hitting sixth, with Donovan Walton in left field. To make room on the 40-man roster for Mr. Long as he's coming off the 60-day injured list, Telegram Sam Haggerty was transferred from the 10-day injured list to the 60-day injured list, so he's going to be on the shelf for a while still yet to come. And Dylan Moore is beginning a rehab assignment with the Tacoma Rainiers as well. And today there were two roster moves. First baseman catcher Jacob Nottingham was designated for assignment. He had been playing first base and designated hitter for the Mariners. He's a catcher by trade. I don't know if he ever got into a game with the Mariners as a catcher, however, and knowing how this season has gone for him, he's probably going to be claimed by the Brewers again. But uh, his his, uh, designation for assignment, as it were, cleared a 40-man roster spot for Mr. Dylan Thomas, who was placed on the active roster. He is with the Seattle Mariners. He slashed 338, 459, 625 in 25 games with the Tacoma Rainiers this season. He is a uh, minor league veteran. He's a 28 
28-year-old minor league veteran. His first taste of minor league action was 2011. And when he gets into a game, ladies and gentlemen, he will be making his major league debut. So congratulations to Mr. Dylan Thomas. And with that out of the way, John, I think it's time for some umpiring talk. Actually, you know, before we do that, let's set up tonight's pitching matchup. It has Marco Gonzalez uh, starting for the Mariners in Detroit this afternoon. Game time is 4 o'clock. It's probably going to have started already by the time the show is published, quite honestly, against Matthew Boyd. Marco made his first start since coming off the disabled list. Uh, last week, through about 50 pitches, the Mar- Mariners are going to work him back a little slowly, so I don't expect him to go very long in this particular game. Fortunately, there was an off day yesterday, so the bullpen should be nice and rested. And actually, John, we're going to go on to the trivia corner at this time, if that's okay, and save the umpiring talk for B block and C block. That is perfectly fine. Thank you. I just don't want to get anything started that I'd have to cut off in 45 seconds or so since we are almost (laughs) up on the first break. Thank you for understanding. Today's trivia corner is a hall pass. This gentleman enjoyed a 17-year career in the 1960s and 70s as a corner infielder, almost exclusively, although he began his career as a corner outfielder. He was a slugger. He He slashed, pardon me, 266 361, 462. He mashed 339 home runs and drove in 1,187 runs. And that batting average, that high on base relative to his batting average, he drew 1,001 walks and did have one season where he walked over 100 times. He also has an MVP award. He received MVP votes in five other seasons, including a second place finish. He's a four-time All-Star and never won any gold gloves, but he was regarded as a very good defender at his position by his teammates. Would that constitute a Hall of Fame career for those of you out there in podcast land? I will tell you exactly who that is after this word from Credit Karma. Credit Karma has always been there to help you make better financial decisions, and now they want to help you even more. With a Credit Karma Money Spend Account, you can be rewarded for good money habits. Credit Karma Money is a brand new checking account where you can win cash reimbursements just for making purchases. When you use your Credit Karma Money debit card, you can win instant daily Karma purchase reimbursements on items up to $5,000. That's almost $5,001, John. Just pay with your debit card, and if you win, you'll be notified right there on the spot, and your instant karma cash will be added added back to your spend account. Credit Karma Money has already given away over $3 million. That's almost as much money as I make in one year. In instant karma to over 50,000 Credit Karma members and counting. I'm not going to make $3 million in my lifetime, gang. Open your FDIC insurance spend account for free. That's almost what I make in a year. No, there's no minimum balance requirements, no overdraft fees, and fee withdrawals from a network of over 50,000 ATMs. And when you make a purchase between June 8th, that's today, and June 30th, that's the end of the month, you'll be automatically entered to win win $1 million. Credit Karma Money progress starts here. Right now, visit creditkarma.com slash winmoney to open your free account and start winning instant karma. Go to creditkarma.com slash winmoney to sign up for your free account and start winning instant karma. That's creditkarma.com slash winmoney. Instant karma is sponsored by Credit Karma. No purchase necessary. Exclusions and terms apply. See rules. Banking services provided by MVB Bank Incorporated, member FDIC. Maximum balance and transfer limits apply. Uh, The the, uh, conclusion of today's hall pass. 
I will give John a chance to uh, ponder over those statistics and state on the air whether or not he thinks those are Hall of Fame numbers and credentials. Have you had a chance to think about it, John? I have had a chance to think about it. I do not think that for a corner infielder in the 60s and 70s, that is quite good enough to get him into the Hall of Fame. I would tend to agree with you, Mr. Miller. you have any idea who that might be? You said he won an MVP award. Yes, sir. I would tell you the year, but I think it would give it away for you at least. I, don't, I might not give it away for most of the audience, but for you, it would, it would mail it. May I ask what league he played in? Uh, the American League primarily. Yes, only one season in the National League is final season. All other, um, The rest of his 16 seasons were all in the American League. That pretty much narrows it down for me to either Harmon Killebrew or Boog Powell. And Harmon Killebrew had more home runs than that, so I'm going to go with Boog Powell. You are absolutely correct, sir. 1970 American League MVP, second in the MVP race in 1969. He is second, and then he uh, then wins the MVP the next year. The 1969 MVP, by the way, to whom Boog Powell finished second, John, was indeed Harmon Killebrew. <laughs> kind of a kind of a nice coincidence there, since you thought it was either Harmon Killebrew or um, or Mr. Powell. Yes, Kill- Killebrew did hit more home runs than Mr. Powell did, but the rest of the numbers are certainly befitting of Mr. Killebrew's career. Definitely. Oh, you bet. Coming up, John Miller and I talk about stuff. Yeah, I forgot to write a tease again, ladies and gentlemen. But right now we have this word from Rock Auto, which is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. Whether it's for your daily driver or for your classic, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, specifications, and prices that you prefer. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? That makes no sense whatsoever. So go on over to rockauto.com right at this exact moment to see all the parts available for your car, truck, van, SUV, or crossover. Right locked on in their how-did-you-hear-about-us box so they know for a fact, an undisputed fact, that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com Now back to Locked On Mariners and your host, D.C. Lundberg. You know, during the musical interlude leading into this uh, leading into this second segment, I realized that I didn't think that the first segment was going to be taken up entirely by Mariners News. John Miller barely got a chance to speak, but that's going to change right here in B-Block, where we are going to kind of continue, so to speak, a conversation that we began on Friday about umpiring. John is an umpire, a graduate of the Harry Wendelstedt School, located, I believe, in Manitoba. Is that correct, John? That is exactly right, sir. Okay. <laughs> yes, in all seriousness, he is, a, he is a graduate of the Harry Wendelstedt School of Umpiring in Florida, so he can provide you know a little bit more insight on umpiring than maybe the average guest can. And one thing that uh, fans who watch Major League Baseball who may have never seen a minor league game might realize, John, is that in the minor leagues, there are two umpires. 
In the major leagues, you got four umpires, or in the postseason, it's a six-man crew. But in the minor leagues, it's a two-live crew, as it were. Ha, 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 ha. And I was just wondering, John, if you could kind of, I guess, enlighten the viewers as to the differences between a two-man crew and a four-man crew. The umpire on the bases in the minor leagues and a two-man crew has so much more responsibility than a base umpire in the major leagues. And I was wondering if you might be able to expand on that a little bit. Certainly. I I will add that... At the AAA level, I believe they have three umpires. I believe you're correct, yes. And what they teach us at the school, and I believe it's this way at all the schools, they teach us, they start off with the mechanics for a two-man crew. Because they know when you start off in the minor leagues, you are only going to have the two of you out there. Mm -hmm. And then they branch out and three and four-man and so on. And as you pointed out... Yes, the base umpire in a two-man crew moves a lot. Yeah, he does. That kind of gets back to an email question we had last week, John, where a listener asked if there was some sort of agility training that was uh, necessary for an umpire (laughs) to keep his job. It's kind of built in in the minor leagues because the base umpire has to be all over the field. He's got to get around. It's part of the job. Yes, generally, with the exception of guys like, say, Derwood Merle, (laughs) who I believe had been a high school teacher for a number of years before he went to umpire school, and he recounts being one of the older guys at the school. Mm -hmm. And when I was at the school, you had guys that literally just graduated high school. You had a few guys that were in their 60s. Really? Who were just there because I love baseball and I want to have fun and learn about it. You know, that gives me an idea of something that I could do when I get near retirement and have the money to do that. Oh, it is it is the time of your life. And to anybody out there, if you have the slightest interest, even of umpiring at the local levels here, we need um, umpires all over everywhere going out there and working with the kids or umpiring at the higher levels. I've done adult leagues where it's it's the time of your life. <laughs> and in a way, it can be more fun at the lower levels or at the leagues where the, they're, as we pointed out with like the lower minor leagues, mm-hmm. they're still having fun. They love the game. That's why they're out there. That's essentially why everybody is out there. That's why... I, I've been out there and so many of my colleagues in blue have been out there is because we love the game. That's why you go out there every season. Yeah, there's an adult league here in the Spokane area. I forget the name of the league, but they have divisions. They have um, you know a 35 and over team, which is the division I would be in if I were to try out and make it. They have a 48 and over uh, uh, division as well. And there are adult leagues like this all over the country. I can't do that anymore with the back problems I have now. But when I moved here, that was something that was kind of on my radar to look into, you know, once I really got my feet under me in terms of employment and bringing in a decent paycheck. And then the back problems happened and that went by the wayside. But those leagues need, um, need umpires. It's not just little leagues, high school college these adult leagues that are all over the country that you could look into yourself ladies and gentlemen if you want to play some ball and have some fun i I would recommend looking into it there's one in the puget sound region too oh yes yeah they need umpires and uh that would be um i don't know where i'm going with that john can you clean me up please (laughs) 
Well, we are not sponsored by any specific league, but no, we're not. if you are interested in playing and umpiring, if you have experience and you're wanting to go out there and coach, whether you're coaching kids and making sure they're living clean, staying off the streets, getting good exercise, do it. Be involved however you can. Baseball is a great game, and we need to either give back or show our love for it. Yeah, those are very good points. And again, we're not sponsored by any such league of that sort. We are advocating baseball. That is all we are advocating at this time. Yes, sir. But one thing I am going to advocate is for the folks at home, if you have a question or a comment that you would like addressed on the air, see how that's called a segue, ladies and gentlemen. If you have a question or a comment, mail it to LockedOnMariners at gmail.com. I will address it on the air in a future mailbag episode. Questions and comments on any subject whatsoever are highly encouraged. does not have to be about the Mariners, baseball, or sports. Umpiring questions. I can bring John Miller back on a, on a mailbag episode. I've done it before when we've had umpiring questions. He can be able to answer them much better than I can. We have an expert in-house. So anything about umpiring, ask LockedOnManners at gmail.com. Mr. Miller will come on the air to answer it. Coming up, since I forgot to write a tease here as well, I'll just say stick around, after, and I'll talk about bet online at this time. It's the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing, has been for a while now, and you can track all the action at bet online. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including Major League Baseball, the NBA, the NHL, and all your UFC slash MMA action. Before the next pitch, head on over to bet online on your laptop or mobile device to check out all the great sporting news, sign up bonuses, and contest info. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore, as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs. I don't know why I'm in overdrive right now. Head over to the website or use your mobile device today to sign up and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sports book experts. Promo code herfleffafleffityfleff. Now, promo code locked on. Now back to Locked On Mariners and your host, D.C. Lundberg. Thank you very much, Joey Martin. And ladies and gentlemen, I know that this show is published either right around the start time of the Mariners game or slightly after. It's just kind of the way it had to happen today. I had a Zoom conference with some of my classmates earlier in the day regarding a uh, group project for our class. That's got to take precedence, unfortunately, ladies and gentlemen. I apologize for that. Also, I'll take this time to mentioned that I technically still have my job as a daycare teacher. They have me on their staff as a substitute. And if, and if there is a day where they call me in to go sub for a few hours, I'm going to have to take it because because of the money. And if that happens, then the show that day would be late. That hasn't happened yet, and it might not happen, but the possibility does exist. And with that out of the way, we are back here with John Miller. And John, we were talking during the uh, break that you um, were noticing something this year about the way catchers are doing something. I will let you take it from there, and I will let you go off, sir. Yeah, we have seen it for a number of years. Announcers will make mention of this, and catchers are doing it, and I cannot figure out a reason for it. Maybe you can help me with this, DC. Mm -hmm. I do not understand why they are framing pitches. Um, it's a statistic. I mean, they figured out a way to quantify it 
in a statistic. And I think that they did figure out that there are catchers who are better at quote-unquote framing pitches than others. But more often than not, especially this year, and I think I think it's Jose Godoy who does this the most, he doesn't really frame the pitch. Catchers will just yank their mitt back to the middle of the zone. And I don't know if that's kind of... I've also noticed, John, that umpires strike zones have been a little bit more inconsistent this year than they have in years past. And I'm wondering if there's some sort of correlation between the inconsistent strike zones and pitch framing. They're calling pitches out of the strike zone strikes, and they're calling pitches within the strike zone balls. And I'm I'm wondering if catchers yanking their mitt back to the middle of the zone might have something to do with that. Uh, from what I have observed this season and you may be able to add something to this, Mm -hmm. that a a pitch that's being called high pitch or low pitch that's being called a ball, Mm -hmm. it it would be it's near the top or bottom of the zone where we can clearly see that it's there, but for whatever reason, umpire does not see it or is not calling it. And then for those pitches that are inside or outside, I've seen a few that – they're very obviously a few inches outside, mm-hmm. but then others they're just like they're just outside, and it might be the subconscious thing of oh yeah, it happened in the Red Sox Yankees game I think over the weekend where the umpire called a pitch that was obviously outside a third strike, mm-hmm. and that sent them to extra innings. Oh wow. And I've always wondered what is happening, no doubt, in the subconscious of an umpire's mind as to why some pitches like that is it I just want to get out of the inning. <laughs> and so any pitch that's close gets called, or is it you decide you just don't like that batter? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know, but I, I feel like... Um... Ball and strike umpiring has been slipping a lot this year. And you know, speaking of the subconscious, like you just were, John, I'm wondering, because I've seen pitches within the strike zone also being called balls. Like, there's no question about it. And I'm wondering if the catcher, you know, yanking their mitt back to the middle of the zone, like I've been talking about, like I've said three or four times already, I'm wondering if subconsciously the umpire is saying, this catcher is trying to deceive me, that must have been a ball. I'm wondering if there's something like that going on, John. I've never been a catcher, and I've never been an umpire. So for I, oh, the only thing I can do is speculate and give educated guesses. I caught part-time for in one of the seasons I played in the one of the ad- local adult leagues here, but I did not worry about trying to frame a pitch, and our coach never talked to me about it. That's a very recent development. I mean, I caught a little bit too, but never on a team. I never even I never played on a team, ladies and gentlemen. Um, I would go out to the yard with my friends and we would we would run drills. That's why I was a, m- a much better infielder than I was outfielder because we'd hit each other ground balls, and I got pretty good at uh, you know scooping up uh, errant throws from first base. Anyways, catching pitch framing, I, it hasn't kind of been. I don't want to say in vogue, but it's been much more stressed over the last five or ten years. And now I'm I'm kind of thinking that it might be a good idea, John, to get 
a catcher on this show. I don't know who the heck that would be. I don't have any connections, ladies and gentlemen. But, you know, get somebody on the show who can talk about pitch framing from a catcher's point of view. We've got the umpire's point of view, and now we might want to uh, try to get the other ones. But again, I don't know who that would be. So that might not be possible. But And I also don't know where to go to find statistics on pitch framing or anything like that. I am the least sabermetric host on the Lockdown Network. I just go for the dummy stats because that's what I've been used to for 25 years now, and I've learned to judge baseball based on those stats, and I've gotten good at it. So I don't need the newfangled stats, so I ignore them. But this might be one instance where I would want to get the opinion of somebody who is more into those stats, and there are, and I could get any number of hosts from the other baseball shows to help me out with that. Would that be a conversation, John, that you would be willing to have on the air? I would definitely be willing to have that. I would like to learn about it. Well, you know what? Let's, let's try to do that then. Um, I don't know when we'll be able to do that. It'll depend on the other host's schedule, my schedule and yours, obviously. But let's pencil that in for a future episode. You have that to look forward to here on Locked on Mariners, ladies and gentlemen. But for today, that is going to do it. John, thank you again for joining us today. Where can the nice people find you on the socials if they are still there? If you are still on the socials, I can be found on Twitter at SeattlePilot69. Very nice. And the locker room at SeattlePilot69 as well. I do not know when my locker room will be opening up this week, ladies and gentlemen. I have a huge workload at school, but it will be sometime this week. It might not be until the weekend. Follow me at Locked on Mariners on the locker room, and you'll get notified when my room goes live, whenever that might be able to happen. I don't do the Twitter thing anymore. You guys know that I haven't plugged Twitter on the show for several months. There's no reason to. So don't bother looking for me there. Tomorrow on Locked On Manners, we'll be recapping uh, this afternoon's game, which again is probably already in progress. Joining me to do that will be Betty Rubble, Cookie Monster, and a Spork. Yes, indeed. Ah, you will not want to miss that, gang. Just based on John's reaction, you know that's a great panel. So download, rate, and follow Locked On Mariners. Look for us on any podcasting app that uh, springs into your head so you never miss an episode. Leave a rating and review if your podcasting app of choice so allows. Thank you again for listening, ladies and gentlemen. I am DC Lundberg. I will be talking to you tomorrow afternoon. In the interim, have a great day. Get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Bukowski will keep you updated on the latest news in every major sport with Locked On's team of local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever else you get your podcasts. This is Joey Martin speaking for Locked On Mariners, part of the Locked On Podcast Network.